Yo, 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 what up? It's Rondell, a.k.a. King Ronda Don, and you are now tuned in to Soul Society 101, the podcast. soul society family it is episode 10 of the first season of soul society 101 the podcast and my chakras are aligned as fuck right now i'm feeling mad good i've been eating plant-based for the past two weeks or so checked out this documentary called what the health on netflix if you haven't seen it yet definitely check that joint out it is an eye-opener um yeah but you know what i'm saying you could call me plant-based poppy or something <laughs> no let me stop no but seriously i am feeling really good and um health as well so definitely check that documentary out if you haven't yet what else is new man i miss y'all it's been a minute you know a few weeks oh the movie girls trip is in theaters now i have a low-key accidental five second appearance in that joint if you don't know what i look like you won't you know you won't see me but i am behind queen latifah as She's walking to her concert seat at Essence Festival. They shot it last year, Essence Festival 2016. And um, I saw them shooting the scene, but I was legit trying to get to my seat. Like, I was walking from VIP to my seats that were on the floor. And they were shooting the scene um, as the four women were walking to their seats. And I was literally trying to get to my seat. I was annoyed, like, uh, how many takes are they going to do with this? You know, them going back and forth. But I see them shooting and i see them they're doing a take of them walking to their seats and stepping back walking to their seats stepping back and the camera people were basically stopping us from fully walking to our seats so i was like okay there's a chance that i might be in the movie or you know i should say you might see my face but i'm like okay i know people take a million edits chances are i won't make the final cut until i saw a screen in the other day and i saw myself on the screen boy i wild out in the theater <laughs> wild out i was like oh shit that's me! That's me! <laughs> Meanwhile, I was around a bunch of media folks, you know, people I work with and respect, but um, in that moment, yeah, it didn't matter. I was just hyped because I did not expect to see myself. I actually completely forgot that I was behind Queen Latifah as they were doing that scene. So so I was in there wilding. I was like, yo, rewind my part! Rewind my part! That's me! <laughs> anyway, yo, set up my IMDB, somebody, because I'm popping now. You know what I mean? I'm going to put that joint in my um, Instagram bio. You know, you may have seen me in Girls Trip. <laughs> nah, but seriously, though, and all, all jokes aside, that movie is hilarious. So if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. It's all about positive vibes, positive black people, nonstop jokes, like crying. Not no, not no little, oh, that was cute. That was a nice little movie. No, crying. Hilarious. So definitely check out Girls Trip in theaters now. Anyway... Time to introduce our guest of the day. It's my fellow Leo, entrepreneur, journalist, founder of Blue Magazine, Devin Johnson. What up, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Blue. Blue. B L E U. B L E U. It's French, so Blue we say French. French. Yeah, it's just Blue. Blue. Like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Blue. So yeah. I said it right there. You said it right. I'm cultured, right. you know. Yeah, we, we had this conversation. Yeah, it's very cultured. <laughs> we, you can say blue in French. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
It's Leo season. We celebrate all month. If you know any Leos, you know we do not turn down the celebration at all. Really, if we do it right, it's like a year long. So what are you getting into for your birthday celebration? Okay, so first of all, like, hey, what's going on? Um, <laughs> and yes, we do celebrate all month. And I think it starts tomorrow, right? Like our official. Yes. Yeah, so I'm actually going down to Atlanta for a day. Okay. It's another friend's birthday. His okay. birthday is actually the 22nd. You just you just take a quick jump to Atlanta for a day and you pop back? Is that what you're saying? Well, I have obligations. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so. <laughs> I would love to stay longer, but, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm going to make his birthday my birthday, too. That's okay. how Leos do. We yeah. kind of like, oh, you're Leo, too? Oh, yeah. it's our birthday. Exactly. Let's start yeah. tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm going to go hang out with him in Atlanta and come back. I have an event, um, something in, in Sag Harbor over the, over the weekend also. And then next week, I'm getting ready to go to Cuba. So nice. um, that's my little birthday trip. It's not little, but, well, you know. Okay, yes. <laughs> Birthday trip. You're gonna you're gonna start in front of some bright cars. The, little, the bright yellow, like uh, Oldsmobile, right? Yeah, a little right, cigar. Yeah. yeah, a little cigar. <laughs> what everyone else is doing, <laughs> right. which I'm very upset about. I'm like, oh, you guys went first, and then I have like friends there now. Like, oh, so you guys are gonna go ten days before I go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you could have waited till my birthday, motherfuckers. They could have. I'm only cursing because you curse. Yeah, right? yeah, no, we're cursing. I try not to curse though. No, it's fine. But it's okay that I curse. But yeah, I try not to curse. I don't it's... really try not to curse at all, but. <laughs> But whatever. It's totally fine, yeah. man. We're, we're, we're open for it here. All good. Um, that's what's up. I've never been to Cuba, but I know a lot of people. It's been like the it spot for 2017. Well, and I think once Trump did that whole, like, he's going to roll back the ability to go so he put freely. The fear in people so like, people are like, let's just get there now. Yeah. We have to go before, like, the border closes back yeah. up, embassy shut down, and no shows at the Tropicana. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like it's a matter of time, which is a little sad, but... Yeah. Because I haven't gone, so it's like you'll 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 go. It, it'll be fine. Yeah, you figure out a way to get there. I, I will. Thank well, you well, for that. Well, well, and we're also journalists, so like we have a little bit more freedom to, right, to right, go right. in a sense. But right. as far as bringing friends with you or family or just people that want to come, also that's going to be the hard part. I right. think um, we're we're good. We're covered by journalistic, you know, <laughs> parameters. All right. Well, shit. Okay. I'm good there. Let me know. Let me know. Well, okay. Goes on flight search. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we met in Martinique. Um, we were part of a press trip. Shout out to Real in Norwegian. Hey. Um, and we met, we realized we were Leos, and we were like, oh, we have a similar sense of humor. We're out here. And I was like, oh, this guy's mad cool. And then come to find out, he's the founder of Blue Magazine. I'm like, I don't even know that. I knew about Blue for mad long. And I've been following Soul Society for a minute. Well, so look I'm at like, that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, hi. Well, look at that. Hey, look at God. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been traveling crazy since I met you just a few months ago. Yeah. What are some of the places that you've been? So it's funny, you know, you say travel crazy. Um, I mean, I used to get traveling. I don't know if it's like a lot of travel. It may be more than some other some other people. <laughs> this humble uh, brag that's happening but, right now. <laughs> like, it might be some, you know, a little bit know, more than the average it, person. More than the average person, but I don't I mean I don't know if it's like a lot. But I have been to Tulum twice. I okay. uh, went to Nevis, and I went to Cancun. Okay. And I feel like domestically, I've done Atlanta, um, LA twice. And Virginia. Cool. Yeah. How is um how's Tulum? Tulum is great. I mean, for right now, um, mm. it's a, it's good in a sense that it's modern in a sense, but it's also 
it's lights out, 10 p.m., like, right. the roads are dark. They might not even have, like, they might be, like, one street, like, lamp, like, oh. intersection, I think. How, are you are you one of those one-with-nature people? Because I'm, like, semi... See, I, I'm into that. I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout. So, okay. I, I did Boy Scouts all through, like, my teenage, teenage okay. years. So, like, I'm okay. all for, like, just keeping it cool and simple. Okay. Having a dirty T-shirt on all day and some flip-flops and walking around, you know, right, right, right. Um, So, those very laid back. It used to be, like, a yoga retreat. Okay. Um, it's not a lot of yoga going on over there anymore. Um, there are some, like, cool restaurants and bars. But the hotels are all boutique hotels, and right. that's like the really good thing about it. Mm-hmm. There isn't this overdevelopment, yeah. um, and there's a lot of just like natural environment where like some native cultures are still there like, in, in the woods and in, in the rough. So nice. Yeah, I, I love Tulum. Like I said, I went twice for two different friends' birthdays. Um, yeah. <laughs> so your friends always have a birthday away, and you always feel compelled to attend. That's that's what I'm gathering from what you're saying. Well, I don't want to not be a good friend oh. and not take the trip. Oh, and that's why, and that's why you go, and that's why I go. <laughs> Like, it's crazy. So, like, well, the first time I went to Sonoma, I went for, like, a weekend. The other time I went was for two days because I couldn't go. I had another obligation. I don't know where I was. I don't know. Some other trip I went to. I don't mm-hmm. even know where I was coming from. But I couldn't get there. I think I might have been in Vegas. Yeah, I couldn't get there until... Oh, yeah, I went to Vegas also in, in between that time. Um, I couldn't get there to whatever, so I went for two days. But it was okay. relaxing and cool. Hung out on the beach. Had some mojitos and margaritas and, and some tacos. T- nice. And Tulum is all about, like, that unplugging time, right? Yeah, so, I mean, the Wi-Fi is not great. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the hotels don't even have ACs. Oh. It's not a, well, it's not about that. It's, oh. not, it's not about that. No, no. There's a great ocean breeze that comes through. You open the windows. I love AC. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I'm, like, semi-one with nature. Like, I love uninhabited places to yeah. a certain degree. I like AC. I like, like you'll being do a able day to... trip and, exactly. and, and the Sprinter brings you there. That's me. Takes you right back That's away. That's me. Okay, I get like, it. Like, I'm in Mexico. Oh, let's go to Tulum and see what it's like. All right, and let me come back to my super controlled environment. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, so we, we're in between. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Do you have, like, a to-do list of places that you like to visit? Like, me, like, I have a list in my phone of in 2017, I want to go here. 2018, I want to go here. And then, like, an overall list or do you kind of just go with the flow of so so yeah there's like a there's somewhat of a a list that's like a loose list it's not a not date Mm -hmm. driven um but i want to go to uh south africa never been i heard it's amazing i love south Africa. bottles of hennessy at 45 dollars so (laughs) why not why not ball out in the club listen you know no you can you can truly ball out in south africa like everything is two dollars yeah it's crazy (laughs) so i'm like okay i gotta go there yeah um, but sure. some friends are like kind of afraid to go because in their mind, nah, man. I don't know. So they must have watched National Geographic twenty years ago. Yeah. So everyone's running around with a fucking spear, and it's like it's not it's the case. So not that though. Uh, so it's I want to so go to South Africa uh-huh. for, for that like modern type of African experience. Mm-hmm. But I also want to go to Ghana. Um, I recently did my ancestry.com DNA. Oh, um, okay. Because I try to prove to folks I'm black. Huh? They keep telling me I'm not black, and I'm like, what were they saying you are? They just think that I'm like biracial or I have way more European influence. Um, okay. Genetic than I do okay. and I'm saying no I, I know my grandparents and I know my great grandparents and I know my great great grandparents on both sides right. so I'm aware they all were black right um, and like it's black black are people caught up because you light skinned I mean, in they, 2017 we gotta do better than that we have to do better than come that come on man I know but it's funny my, my thesis just now which is all about being a light skinned male but that's a whole separate thing back to this traveling <laughs> thing um, I did my interest DNA and I, I'm 86% West African which okay. is like great which proves my theory right was it like a combination of Ghana and Nigeria? Ghana and Nigeria, the two. Okay. And Benin. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are the three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the rest, 14% was Scandinavian. So, like, I'm like, they're a little bit of white in there, but it's the whitest of white. So, yeah. probably that 14%, like, 
strong. <laughs> it, held <on. laughs> it held on. Due to centuries. Hilarious. Yeah, I've always wanted to do my um my ancestry. My grandparents did theirs, and so I have a rough idea of Oh, that's like, the to lineage. get the grandparents to do it, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, they both did theirs, and it's like a lot of West African countries. It's like four or five West yeah. African countries. Then it's like random European countries that I just didn't even think was in Africa. Well, maybe my family's from the Caribbean, so maybe they actually came to the Caribbean. I don't it, know. It might have been the Caribbean it thing. It is really... Yeah, I don't think it's like the American land. Yeah, thing. yeah, It's yeah. the Caribbean thing, yeah. Yeah, it was, be. it was very complex. And I'm like, okay. But like you, I'm like, well, they were like 80% yeah. black. And if you get with somebody who's 80% black, I guess I'm still... I think that's the majority of black people, though. A vast majority of us. I, I, I think so. I think the surprising thing is that a lot of white people have more black in them than they, than they think. Oh. As opposed to us blacks having some yeah. blacks. Yeah, because yeah. we all know that, but they think they're all like... Just pure. Yeah. You know, ivory soap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I know I probably sound a little nasal. I do have a slight cold, so I apologize if I sound a little obnoxious. So things I say may sound more obnoxious than what they really are. <laughs> And it's because I'm stuffed up, not because I'm obnoxious. Just let's put that out there. Most most of it is not because you're obnoxious. <laughs> most of it is not because I'm obnoxious. Maybe yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I saw an ad on the train um, earlier this week that said, I'm, I'm not sure if it was Ancestry, but a company like that, that was like a uh, white man. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that I'm 12% Native American. Which is interesting because, you know, the conflict of Native Americans yeah. and white people in this country. But it's like, I think if more people did their, yeah. you know. And you'll find cousins. Which yeah, is like, man. I found a fourth cousin that he related to me on my father's line. And he didn't know that he had a different father than the father he thought raised him. Oh, so like, I mean, so somehow this, <laughs> that just turned into that like was a, deep, and I was yeah. like, I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'll give you information. I know. I mean, my father's not his father, but like right. somewhere down the line, his uh, his biological father is related to my biological father's family line. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's good and bad. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, let's move on. Oh, <laughs> that that got me thinking. Like, wait, like how maybe deep, I don't how to take right, this how, test. How deep do I want to look into this? <laughs> um. So have you always been a traveler, or is it something that you've kind of grown into? Yeah, so I've always been a traveler. We did family trips, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, we would go to King's Dominion down in Virginia, um, Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, and those kind of small local family trips. Uh, we didn't really venture much out to West or internationally. When I was 17, I had a chance to go to Paris and to London on a school trip, um, and it changed, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing another culture... You said, wait, sorry to cut you off. You said when you were 17? <laughs> yes. Where? What, what school is this? Because my high school was not sending us to you, you London. Were like, you were like, let's read I was like, skirt, skirt, pull that back. Yeah, so um, I went to a really amazing school in Long Island. Okay. Uh, private school, Holy Trinity. Shout okay. out Holy Trinity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know um, Holy Trinity. Yeah, okay. um, out in Hicksville. And uh, they did a school trip. Uh, Okay. To note to, to, note to self, move to Hicksville to raise my kids. Yeah, raise, raise your kids in Long Island, put them in clearly, private school, and they'll go to Europe. Clearly. Uh, and I changed my life. The, the interesting thing about that, and this is going to date it a little bit, um, while we were in Paris, we actually met the South African uh, football team or soccer team. And this is this is like the year before. I think Mandela was free in 96. Okay. So this is like 94. Mm. Tell them my age, but whatever. <laughs> And that was an interesting experience to me because I actually met people 
uh, from South Africa during a time that apartheid was still legal. Uh, and, that's real. And had a conversation, and this is my 17-year-old self, so I wasn't as mature in my response as I would be now, but I remember the conversation mm-hmm. still. And they to hear them rationalize the culture and say to me, it's not that bad. Mm. Uh, and I now, you know, as this adult, you know, this black power man, I would go off. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have a response then because I didn't know... I didn't know I hadn't been in the world enough yet to right. have a you know real battle response, right, right. but it was just interesting that they thought that their culture was okay, mm-hmm. like they were raised to think it was okay um, for black people to have less rights and privileges than white people in that country. And these were these were other teenagers too. These these weren't like fifty year olds. These were like between eighteen and twenty two. Right. Um, so that stayed with me, and that stayed with me no matter where I've gone um, throughout the world. I keep that in mind that um, not everyone has met a black person like me has met a black American like me, mm-hmm. has met a black American male um, that has these experiences. It's like it's found it interesting. But it made me want to travel more and see the world more. Well, even more now, you definitely need to get to South Africa. Yeah. To connect that story to present day because it's crazy. Um, South Africa has a lot of parallels in terms of their history to, to the United States, but apartheid is so recent. You know what I mean? So like, recent. And, and I visited the apartheid museum in the same way that we would visit, like, a museum here that talks about slavery. But it's like, yo, but this was, like, a few years ago. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, like, within our, like, within our lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's parallels to, uh, to us being a teenager. So right. um, it is very, it's very interesting uh, to see. And I, I want to go to South Africa, and I also want to go to Australia because they had a very similar um, civil rights moment that we had. So when Martin Luther King was walking and marching, um, the Australian um, people were also marching, too, for equality because... They're, they're black also, um, the indigenous people too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, what Australian people are we talking no, about? No, not, not the okay. people that came yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, colonized <laughs> the damn country. I was like, what were they dealing with? What were they yeah, struggling with? Yeah, no. So there, there's a huge black population no, yeah, yeah, of yeah. native people yeah. in Australia, but no one talks about yeah, them. Yeah, the Aboriginal well, people. I learned about yeah. them a few years back, and I was like, no one ever talks about these people. At all. And, and, and maybe maybe the number isn't as large of a number as the blacks in America mm-hmm. or the blacks in Brazil mm-hmm. um, or the blacks in South Africa. I don't know. But, yeah, it's kind of linking all those things together, yeah. uh, which is all a result of, you know, European colonialism. But that's a whole, yeah. different, whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. We could focus on that for a whole episode. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. Let's bring it back to the lighter note. Sorry. <laughs> no, listen. That's all good. That's all good. But um, speaking of positive things, though. Congratulations, you recently got your master's in journalism, right? Yes, I did. I just finished up. I'm a, a, a black male graduate of Harvard University, which what? is pretty amazing. Clapping up for yeah. this Ooh. black man. Um, it's awesome. So uh, Harvard has a program in their adult uh, education program for journalism. Um, it's the only journalism degree they offer in the master's program. So I signed up for it. And I commuted from New York to class uh, twice a week. I would fly up and go to class and take the mega bus back down wow. um, and be back at my desk in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Did That's I, commitment. It, it took a little longer than, it should have been two years, it took me four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great. It's been a great experience. And I went back to school at an adult age. I went back to school 10 years into me already having my own media company uh, because I did this, I did Blue as like, almost like a vanity project. It was more like 
my ego said, shit, you can do a magazine, so let's get to do one. Right. And I really didn't understand or have the respect for journalism that I do have now. Mm. Um, and as I met more friends, you know, owning a magazine, you end up meeting other people in the magazine and media business. Yeah. And they had these credentials and they had these experiences, they had these point of views, um, they understood pros, and they understood all these different things. And I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. Right. So I need to figure out how to be educated in the space that I'm now got myself into. Right. Because you, know? you were essentially an expert without having the expertise that maybe you were looking yes. or at least from the, from, the, from the, the business side. Yeah. Right. But from the business side and from like surviving in this media landscape, I understood that part. Right. right. So I, I got that and for marketing and branding, I have a degree, my undergrad is in marketing. Mm-hmm. So I under, I understand that whole whole side of things. But just really putting the, the flavor and the feeling and the passion behind what I'm doing and who is blue? Who does blue represent? What do we stand for? What's our point of view? Uh, what's our DNA? That's something I wanted to, to learn and how to develop and I went back to school to do it. Dope. Yeah. Man, I mean, how many people would would have success at least at, at the level that most people respect and still go back and say, I'm going to put myself outside of my comfort zone, learn something completely new that makes life a little more complicated. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the things where I, I appreciate you saying that, yes, there's, there's the level of respect you get from external forces, right? You get friends and neighbors and people in your friend circle or your group or whatever. Um, but for yourself, you know, you have to still, I knew for myself that I didn't have all the tools to bring my brand forward. Okay. Um, so going back to school was really about me. Um, and for like two years, I didn't tell anyone I was going to school. Mm. I thought I was just like always on the road or just too busy to hang out. Gotcha. Because um, I want to make sure I could do it also. I mean, right, shit right, was hard. Right, so right, that's, right. that's part of it too. Like, let me not fail out and get kicked out of school because right. poor academic standard. Right, right. Um, and once I knew I was doing it, I was in a good rhythm, uh, I was like, okay, I could be a little more public about it. And yeah, because it was really about me. It wasn't about other people. That's dope. Let's backtrack, backtrack a little bit. So tell everybody what Blue Magazine is about and why you started it. Yeah, so, okay, so Blue. So Blue started out as a magazine. We're actually a fully integrated publishing platform, and that's Blue Life Media. So we have Blue Magazine, which is our flagship brand. Um, it's been around for 10 years. Uh, we have entering our 50th issue uh, coming up in the fall, which I'm really excited about. I also have Bombshell by Blue, uh, which is a female focus for just dope women with great ambition uh, that are beautiful on the outside and also on the inside Mm -hmm. that are driven and passionate, um, all about girl power. And we just uh, acquired a brand called Posh Union, uh, which is a fusion of like street style uh, with like urban culture, kind of California based. Um, They're based out of LA. Uh, We have our websites. We're launching a podcast network called okay. Speak Audio Network. Uh, we're actually acquiring podcasts right now, going through those those motions. And, and I also do a informational panel series called Connect Us, and that's all about connecting people of color yeah. oh, uh, I, I to, what, to, to what we do. I to tell you about that. I wanted to go to the last one. Well, you, you didn't went. come. Listen, I was traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I actually meant to hit you up about that because you, it was um, with... Driven Society? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so Driven Society are these really cool, amazing dudes that I met a, a little over a year ago and I'm kind of taking them under my win- wings um, in a sense of they're my mentees, I'm their mentor, and kind of helping them get through some of the hurdles of growing, establishing, um, and getting your brand going mm-hmm. without some of the pitfalls that I fell into. There gotcha. wasn't a lot of support for me mm-hmm. uh, when I was starting this. Actually, most people told me, don't do it. Um, it'll never work. Why are you bothering? And now they're asking me for jobs, but that's a whole different Isn't that conversation. Isn't how it goes? Yeah, it's Man. a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, so we partnered together on this series called Connect Us, and 
spreading information and knowledge. So we have VCs come on the panel, we have marketers, we have brand managers come on the panel, mm-hmm. and just put information out there. Because it's all about information. It's not right. about whether you win or lose, you know, fail or not. It's all about having the tools to get started and trying out a new right. idea. Yeah. That's the one I wanted to go to was about... Um Generating capital for your business. Yeah, so my, my boy John Henry was on that uh, was on that panel, um, and a few other amazing, you know, great people. But they're all recorded, so I'll send you the link so you can listen. My brother, or watch. I appreciate it. Yeah. So. Yeah, because the thing is, a lot of people don't realize you can have success. Success can mean a lot of different things. Yes. So people could look at Soul Society one on one and be like, "Oh my God, he's so successful. He's popping on Instagram more. He, you know, is working with X, Y, and Z brands." And I'm grateful for what I have gotten so far and. And who I've been able to partner with and some of the things that I've been able to do. But the fact is, right now, I still need income from other places. Yes. And I'm trying to do it 100% on my own, which I think is every entrepreneur's goal. So it's like, until I get to that point, I still don't view myself as having success. Yes, it's just And that's why, and, and again, to your point, sometimes you think... Or people might think that you have it all together, but you personally yeah. know that there are places that you need to go that you need more information for. No, you know absolutely. I mean? It's funny. People, I think people think I'm like this multimillionaire running around, traveling, <laughs> I have a private jet, a yacht, a you know, house in the Hamptons and one in a vineyard. None I mean, of those, that's what I think. So not, none, none of those things are true. <laughs> I, have, I have none of those things, right? And But success for me wasn't necessarily m- measured by... Um, material possessions has mm-hmm. been measured by freedom. So I'm in charge of myself. Like I'm not obligated to any one thing, person, corporation, brand, anything. So I have freedom. So to me, success is freedom, um, and that freedom can be defined by many different different things. Did you see the Diddy? Um, Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched it yet, but it's funny. Someone told me I said you need to watch it. I guess there's some similarities and kind of like that that yeah. drive and push and moving forward. Well, so, the, yeah. the the reason why I bring it up is he has this whole piece on freedom, and um, I think there's a Nina Simone piece that talks about freedom and stuff. So you may want to check it out at least for that part. It's it's pretty. Um, yeah, Nina Simone's so deep. Yeah, and she talks a lot about freedom. Yeah, and what freedom is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because freedom's not about just to change being broken. Exactly, it's and mental. that's 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 yeah. what she was talking about. And that's what made me connect the dots. But check that out. It's a little theatrical and extra because this is Diddy. But yeah. you know, it's entertaining. I need to have a, I, Nima, you have to have a moment ready for Diddy. Yeah. You have to prepare your day, your hour for Diddy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> um, so what's the best part about your career? I, I'm going to just you know backtrack to what I just said. It's a freedom. So mm-hmm. it's, it's one the freedom of myself to do what I what I love and what I have a passion for. But also the hope is to inspire other people. So again, like uh, the Posh Union, um, Joe who handles that out of LA. He's someone that's like a little brother to me. So I've helped mentor him and, and help grow grow him. Um, Bombshell is run by wonderful girl named Ebony. Ebony used to be an intern, then became an assistant, and then branched out on her own. Um, and she's running Bombshell um, and doing a great, amazing job. Uh, look out for our Black China cover um, coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, and then my staff in general. Like, I encourage them to do all the stuff. Like, we don't have, like, full-time positions. Mm-hmm. Everyone's part-time because right. I want them to have freedom to go and start another business. Like, get other clients, do other work, go to school, um, hang out in the park, whatever it is. Um, I don't want I don't want anyone to ever feel obligated or chained down to me or my brand. I want them to feel free. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's rare, I think, in a business owner because so many people feel like, like putting a smack down or, or constraining people is the way yeah. to 
have happy employees. And I'm like, oh, so you, you don't recall when you were an employee? What yeah, that feels yeah. like? You so, know what I'm so, saying? So like, it's I, like so quickly to forget. Yeah, so I expect excellence. So that's, I mean, let's be clear. Like, I'm not saying come into office and bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you do a good job, then the other side of that, on the other side of the, the work being done, is this open door to do whatever you want to do. Right. And have my full support behind right. it. And have the brand support behind it. Nice. Yeah. And what's, what's the part of your job of, or of your career that you could do without? The bills. I mean, the bills. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, <laughs> again, you think that at the end of the day, um, you're going to be at the end of the day with this big pot of gold. And it's not. There's a rainbow, but mm-hmm. there's no pot of gold. So I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you that definitely um, it's the bills and the responsibility and being responsible for people and their livelihood and mm. getting you know them their checks and that sort of thing. It's very tough. Um out here for a small business and for a small business of color. Right. We don't have all the access to capital that a lot of these other um, non-black men have. Right, right, right. I'm sure there's been a few career highlights to date, but what's one that you can recall that you think of that stands out? Something that's come up in your career where you're like, wow, this is, I can't believe I'm here or I can't believe this is happening. Wow, I've been thinking about that sort of thing because... I don't know if there's one specific highlight. I I think this I'll, I'll tell you a moment okay. where where with blue things things changed when I stopped picking the phone up to dial instead I picked the phone up to say hello because the calls were coming in. Mm. Um, so that and that happened about five years ago. We used to do a lot of getting people to know who the brand was and hey pitching and all this type yeah, of stuff. The now not, you know knock on wood. Um, it's fifty fifty. We make phone calls. Phone calls come to us. So I think that for me, has been amazing um, to know we're a real business and people on the outside, not just people drinking the Kool-Aid, the blue Kool-Aid, right. but people on the outside um, believe in this brand and believe in what, we're, what we represent. And my tie into traveling, I, that's part of it too. Like having these uh, countries, you know, when we're, we're in town and say, oh, you know, I, I saw blue or uh, I want to have a photo shoot or can you put a hotel in it and I think that's like amazing mm-hmm. uh, and last year we launched in Europe so to have Blue Magazine um, on newsstands in London and in Paris was I think a brand life full circle moment from when I was 17 and went to uh, Paris and London for the first time nice. um, so last year when I went back um, they were on the newsstand I think that was ah, that's gotta feel amazing man yeah to go across the pond that's like that's gotta feel amazing dope Dope, dope. So what's next up for the brand? For Blue. So Blue. It's a Blue. Um, our next actually product, we actually are launching this September a subscription box uh, focused on men of color. Okay. It's called Bow Box, and it's B-E-A-U-X. So it's like French. Okay. Because um, we think we're French. Fancy, man. Even though I'm from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Grandparents from New York. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but yeah, so it's Bow. Uh, Bow box and basically it's all about leveling up, leveling up your grooming game. Um, so we're connecting brands directly with our consumer mm-hmm. um, through the voice of Blue. Okay. Uh, so a lot of products that we feature in the magazine will now be um, testable inside this box. I think I need that box. I, y'all can't see me, but I recently started growing out a beard. I'm trying to get it right, man. I tried some. The beard looks good, though. The beard I appreciate good. it. Yeah. I tried some products and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, can't, I, I don't. I can't do it. I tried some products and I'm like, wait, this is kind of stiff. This is weird. This makes my pillow greasy at yeah. night. And I'm like, so, this uh, the, is just yeah, too the, much. the hope is that to avoid you wasting money on full size items, we'll have you get smaller items you can mm. test out. If you like them, you can order them again. You can order them through us. You can go to the grocery store or not the grocery store, like CBS or Walgreens or whatever, and pick it up. So look Dope. out for Bow Box um, this fall. Dope. 
um, on a little bit more of a serious note, have you heard about this case of Bakari Henderson? Jeez, okay, you want to you want to take it to a no, serious place? Okay. Listen, because you know it's all good and gravy, but we got to talk about the real sometimes of being a black traveler. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard this case, but it's a young black American guy who was visiting Greece, um, which looked like with a friend because there are some photos with him and other people. But um, he was basically beat to death, which is crazy. And um, obviously, we don't have the details of the story yet, but the idea behind it is that it was a race-related crime. What are your thoughts behind that, man? <sighs> okay, uh, take a deep breath. So I, I remember in high school reading about uh, Emmett Till and how Emmett Till was killed because I think he whistled or accused of being whistled mm-hmm. at a white woman. Yeah. Um, so that, that first that came up when I first heard of this story. Um, and it seems very similar to this, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, black guy, and we, you think... We're free, right? You think the chains are off, and you think you're part of the world, and you go. And he was actually there. He was there with friends, but also conducting business. He was launching a clothing line, and he was there scouting out locations to do a photo shoot about his brand he's going to be launching. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went out for the night or whatever. He took, he tried to take a selfie with one of the waitresses or something, uh-huh. and that led to this altercation. Right. So it's scary because I feel very free when I travel. I feel very free. And I feel very American. I don't feel mm-hmm. African American. I don't feel black. I feel very American when mm-hmm. I travel. Um, and I guess I walk with that confidence um, and that pride or that arrogance also, you can say, yeah. when, when, I, when I go out of countries. And I assume, as, as flawed as we are in this country, there, there's a lot more freedom here than other places. And there's a lot more black people here than other places. Yeah, yeah. It's a place that I've never even seen. Specifically, black people. Greece. Um, is a pretty homogenous place outside of immigrants, which is another deeper issue with the yes. race relations too. They have a lot of issues with some of the North Africans yeah. coming there, you know, for fleeing different things. Yeah. So I think he might have got caught up in a political climate that was already there. Yeah, he was just going as an American. He just graduated college yeah. and want to start, you know, clothing line and having fun. And in college, you know, you take pictures with white girls. Like, it's, yeah. it wasn't strange for him to do that, I don't right. think. Right. Uh, but culturally, that may not be what they wanted to see. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, like you said, political um, issues that they're already facing with immigrants flooding in, uh, seeking refuge, but also just the climate of Greece right now. I think they're in like a recession or depression or something like that. So anytime you're visiting a country that's in that place economically, yes. even there's going to be tension where people are lashing out and taking things out on people that have nothing to do with them at all. Nothing and it's really their anger about whatever they're dealing with. Yeah, they, they might feel like, oh my God, we don't have any jobs. Who's this immigrant exactly. here? Exactly. Celebrating. Exactly. Not knowing that he isn't an immigrant. He right. was on the on vacation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And it's crazy because like, like you said, I, when I travel, I don't even... I think of myself as an American. And I think... I just automatically assume a certain level of respect when yes. I'm traveling with that. Yes. Not even taking into consideration, like, it might be the opposite in some cases. Yes. You know what I mean? And the problem, I think, um, and this is, again, just really deep, uh, there's more of us. We're not really a minority. In the worldview, mm-hmm. black people are not a minority. Right. Right? Um, but somehow the dialogue has gotten out that we're a minority, and therefore everyone's superior to us, and therefore they must treat us as beneath them or below them. Mm. So we have to, some kind of way, change that. And that is about traveling and celebrating and going all over the world and letting people see us. Um, being free of the chain, but being free of the fear um, that you can't have a good time someplace else. So I think I think that's going to be the, the, the wave and the, the need for the future is all of us, people of color, that have the ability to travel 
to travel and represent um, that freedom right. that we that we really want inside. You know, the full freedom. Yeah, I, I I dig it, and I hope that this story doesn't cripple people because us as a community, we love to. I take that back. I, I was going to say we love to live in fear. I won't say that. But what we do is we allow things to cripple us. Yeah, and some of us in our community, do, do, they're, they're scared yeah. of things. And and it's already, there's already, like, especially in older generations, people who are scared to leave the country for, you know, whether it be experiences or things that they've heard. So I just hope that this experience doesn't stifle people, um, I, you know, out of fear of traveling. And, and instead, on the other hand, encourages you to travel the world so that people are more used to seeing us everywhere yes because i think one thing you said is a really poignant point that i haven't even i've never heard before is that you know there's a dialogue about us being the minority but in the world view black people are not the minority that's such a dope i never even thought of that that's yeah. why he, that's why he got that dissertation <laughs> he got that master's popping <laughs> Yeah, man. That's, I got to get that on a t-shirt or something. Yeah, man. no, like, that's that's that's, real. that's that's one thing. Again, this 360 moment back to 17 um, in South Africa. I mean, in Paris, meeting uh, teenagers from South Africa. It is that sense where I know because I travel mm-hmm. and I see other people of color. I know we're everywhere. Right, right, right. You know, and we're in very prominent positions in a lot of places. Um, great jobs, investments, all type of things. We have to connect ourselves to to each other. Right. We have to. Right. Have you had any crazy experiences while being black and traveling abroad? No, like not bad ones. Mm-hmm. All the, the, all the funniest thing, when we, I go to Cancun every year with a group of friends, um, and it's about 20 of us, and every time we go, people take pictures of us. Mm. Um, in Cancun? In Cancun, I think as a group, they think we're like a team. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> they don't know what team. They don't know what sport. None of us play on teams. None of us are in sports. <laughs> but they think we are. So they come over and take pictures. Oh, okay, get a picture. Get a selfie. And I'm like, all right. Cool. That's let's really do hilarious. It. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's something that's, that's crazy has happened. Um, and then what I, what I did most recently. Um, wow. Actually, I went someplace else. I, I left something out. I went to uh, Tokyo. Um, oh. Yeah. I don't know how I left that out. That's um, a big trip. That's a pretty big trip. <laughs> I speak not a lick of um, Japanese. Mm-hmm. I know very little about Japanese culture. Um, and I went. And I went for a, a trade show. And it was the most amazing experience. I loved Tokyo. I want to hear, hear your perspective on it. To, to, okay, so I was clearly a minority in, this, in, that, mm-hmm. in that space, right? Because I'm, I'm black and I'm American. Mm-hmm. They're Japanese and they're from Japan, right? Yeah. And they're in Tokyo. Uh, and I think... I almost may have went with judgment that somehow they were going to judge me. Mm-hmm. And somehow I was going to be made to feel like an outsider mm-hmm. or be made to feel different. It was none of that. It was as if I was more aware I was I was black than they were aware I was black. They didn't give a shit, They didn't right? give a shit. Same. They didn't Same. give a shit. Same. It was not even a thing. Same. So all the stereotypes we have in this country yeah. about the Asian population and the black population not getting along. Yeah. You know, the scenes from like, you know, the 80s Spike Lee movies or... But at John Singleton movies, like when you go to people in their in their country um, and you visit them, and you sit at their table. It's it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. I ate a lot of ramen. Oh, wasn't it good though? I mean, I I'm against ramen here in the U.S. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a ramen I'm not a ramen eater. But over there was the best shit I've ever yeah, had. I mean, man. I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning going to the ramen shop. 
I had like ha- having like Robin withdrawal. Like yeah. I need to get some more. That's exactly how I was when I got back. And it's crazy. I thought I was gonna be having so much sushi, but I didn't really get no. the sushi experience I, like that. It was ramen. I had one or two sushi spots, but ramen was everywhere. Ramen was everywhere. And then it was this. Ah, I wish I remember the name. It was this really cool uh, bar that they only play vinyl records at. And the mm. whole bar, the wall is lined with vinyl, and mm. you pick one off and you give it to the bar the bartender, and he plays it on like. A vinyl player, nice, like, and not not some like new shit from like Urban Outfitters, like some shit some <laughs> shit from your, your parents' basement from from the seventies and eighties. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely one of my favorite parts of Tokyo was just seeing how okay they were with yeah. you, no matter who you were and what you looked like. They don't care because literally it was me and my brother. My brother, you know. Dresses funky, has like mm-hmm. braids, all that. It was nothing. Yeah, we got on the train and they were like, you know, like nothing. Like we didn't get two looks. Everyone's, it's oh my god, it's so clean, so clean. Those trains, so. I mean, I don't clean. like, but I inefficient. They're so efficient. People line up. Yep. They wait for you to get off. Yep. They like you know New York. We're banging into each other. That was so. That was my biggest takeaway from Tokyo. They have just as many people, but. It's like organized chaos. No matter where you go, it could be just as many people, but there's no bumping, there's no pushing. People wait their turn. In Shibuya Crossing, where it's like five lines of traffic. Yeah, what's what's the busiest intersection in the world? Busiest intersection in the world. You walk through without a problem. No, I was looking for a problem. Yeah, I want to go in the middle of this. Could it, think, I, I could be a good, a good photo because like people just cross the street. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. So that was one of my favorite things. And then I think the third biggest takeaway for me was it's dope to see their respect for culture and tradition. Yes. Like so Tokyo is super duper futuristic and advanced, but at the same time, right next door to all this technology is like the temples. The from temples. Way, way, way back that are untouched. Yeah. And still have like the traditional people in their yeah. traditional garb doing their thing. Like yep. It's yeah, such a no, respect. It, it was a, I'm going back in September. It was uh it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I loved it, yeah, man. Tokyo was amazing. Um ah, man. So the last this is the last episode of of season one. And we started the season with the quote, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And a lot of people hit me up like, yo, that's a, such a dope quote, and it means so much to start your year thinking about that. How do you know, do you feel for yourself that you are your ancestors' wildest dreams? And what does that I'm mean? I'm almost going to get emotional. Um, <laughs> and I have emotion, people. Um, yeah, so I, I just lost my grandfather. Um, oh, and, sorry and, to hear that, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, in April. He was 95. And he raised me. So I, my mom's a single parent, but she went back to school and got a master's and another master's and all this stuff. So my grandparents raised me, and my grandfather specifically mm-hmm. um, was 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 my father figure, was my male figure. He taught me how to like run a business. He he was self-employed, he had a small business, he was a mechanic, mm-hmm. he used his hands for work. And over the past like, yeah, I, I would come home and visit. And although he was beginning to, you know, getting ready to go, we, we knew that. He always knew when I was out of town. And he always knew I had a flight. So when I would come back home and visit, he goes, how was that flight, boy? <laughs> now he ignored everyone else in the house. Right. It was like almost silent. Uh. But somehow, when I was there, he asked me how was my flight, mm-hmm. how was my trip. Um, and that was so deep and amazing because he worked so hard. Um, he hitchhiked from uh, Abbeville, South Carolina, when he was 13, to come to New York. Oh, wow. Um, started working with his hands, sent, sent back for his, his family and brought them up. And uh, I've always known that story. So I, I directly relate um, me seeing the world um, to, to him mm. and him, him leaving the South for better opportunities up North. 
um, to then provide for a family. Um, and that result uh, is me. You wow. know, I'm, I'm his grandson, I'm his namesake. So, yeah, I, uh, I definitely relate to us as a people being our, our ancestors wildest dreams. And I don't know if we as a people or this generation really understands and respects what our grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents went through. Um, for us to even be alive today, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. And we we we've been taught to like almost want to forget and let go, or to value these trips and going to Paris and all that. But the truth is, my grandfather wouldn't have been allowed to even get on a plane at one point. Right. You know what I mean? Right. To even to even do what I to even do what I do to even go to a, a bank and say I'm starting a business right. and give me a loan. Right. Wouldn't be able to to do that. Or if he tried, he would get beat. Right. Or you know dogs or hoses or whatever. So. Um, I think seeing the world and seeing the world as an American on that side, but then also knowing I'm a black man mm-hmm. um, with that freedom to travel abroad uh, when black men in this country, you know, were in shackles for so long. Right. Um, it's a huge connection. And I'm very well aware of that. Man, that's beautiful. We are standing on our ancestors' shoulders, y'all. So take nothing for granted in life and your career and your ability to be mobile and see the world and take on opportunities. Um we are our ancestors' wildest dreams, man. Soul Society One One the podcast. You have any any final words? No, man. You're closing just, out I the mean, season, man. Oh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right, drops mic. Um, no, this is like awesome, and thank you for having me. Uh, we like went deeper than I thought I was gonna go. Um, I've shared so much of my personal business. That's what it's all with about, you guys. Man. You're going to inspire so many people. Well, That's how you I, I, hope, I hope I do, and I love what you're doing. Thank and you, keep pushing us forward and abroad and together at the same time. I think it's amazing. Thank you, brother. Peace out, y'all.